We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast coming at you Friday night after a Timberwolves loss to the Miami Heat. Final score 121 to 112. And I think as I sit here post game, two things really stick out from this game. And one, it's just that it was it was ugly. I mean, it, it got messy in the third quarter. The Wolves had six technicals in the game. It was just one of those games where the refs just totally lost control of the game, you know, so much that it, it just really kind of killed the quality of play. Both teams, they just started like flopping every time they took a shot, and it was it was just kind of gross. I mean, and the Wolves certainly, uh, you know, caught the the shorter end of that dumb refereeing stick tonight. But the other thing that sticks out is, and maybe because this just happened at the end of the game, was. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it or heard it by now, but just the the stupid exchange between Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns at the end of the game. Um, the the microphones picked it up. I don't, I don't know what what Cat said to get Jimmy going, but I'm I'm hurt. I'm sure you all heard what uh, what Jimmy had to say. Uh, not safe for work commentary. Um, I don't know the the optics of this one just suck because because the Wolves have been beating Jimmy pretty well, you know, since he's, you know, since he's been in Miami and, you know, now this one is going to get a lot more attention of Jimmy kind of punking cat when, you know, when that hasn't, you know, that hasn't really been, you know, <laughs> that really hasn't been the narrative, I think, around these Wolves Jimmy games since Jimmy's been in Miami. I mean, it was, I think it was 10 days ago that the Wolves just beat Jimmy and the Heat, um, at Target Center. So, I I don't know. I, I think that the most interesting thing that came from that exchange was was in the post-game media session. And, you know, to, 
it was it was cat and ant they did their media together i guess to to save time so ant happened to be sitting next to cat when cat was asked about his exchange with butler getting picked up on the mics and obviously the question was directed towards carl but it was it was it was cool to see ant kind of step in and you know take the answer for his guy you know so cat you know didn't have anything to say so here's here's that exchange if you haven't yet seen it on twitter Carl, there, there was um, microphones caught you and Jimmy having a little conversation at the end of the game. Did, I mean, was the, were, were your emotions running high at that point? What was kind of going through your head as that game came to an end there? Man, they grown men, dog. <laughs> they was just talking, having a regular conversation, but you ask me. I mean, if it's, if it's a, if y'all come to see us compete, it's, it's no competition if we not talk shit to each other. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm -hmm. If whatever y'all can take that with a grain of salt, like I said, they grown ass men, they having a conversation, it's regular, regular conversation. Now, I would have liked to see Cat, you know, then kind of step in and you know say thanks, little guy. I I can speak for myself too. You know that didn't happen, which is fine. That's Cat's prerogative. Um, but I, I don't know. What, what's interesting for me about all this is I think we're we're starting to see a shift in the leadership sort of hierarchy of this team. You know. Not that, that Ant has dethroned Cat or anything, but I think I think with Ant's sort of elevated play and elevated comfort, he, he's up there now too. Anthony Edwards is now, like, he's a leader on this team as well. And I, I don't mean this to be a, a controversial thing or anything. I just think, you know, we're starting to see a shift. And, and with that, there's sort of this interesting personality angle to all of it. I think it's... I think it's become pretty clear that Ant has the most attractive personality on this team, sort of to, to the fan base. And, you know, the fan base has obviously taken a strong liking to Ant. And it's a, it's a different type of connection than the fan base seems to have with Cat. You know, there's obviously a respect for Cat and a warranted one on, you know, just how good he is as a player. But I've kind of been toying around with this one, and I'm a, I'm a little out of my depths with a football comparison. But Cat but kind of reminds me of Adrian Peterson. Um, with the Vikings, you know, where the where the Vikings fan base like certainly seemed to attach to AP's greatness, but you know, maybe a little bit less so his his personality. Where where Ant reminds me more of Randy Moss, where the, the fan base immediately latched onto Moss's personality and then kind of sat by eagerly waiting for Moss's greatness to sort of grow. I, I think we're seeing that happen to some degree with Ant. I think there was just a different relationship with the Vikings and Minnesota in general in the late 2000s with those Adrian Peterson's team, Adrian Peterson teams than there was sort of you know in the late 90s with the Vikings with Moss and and that group. I mean both both of those Vikings teams went just as far as each other. They lost in the the conference championship, but there's to me it seems like there's more Vikings fandom connected to those Moss teams than, than the Peterson teams. And I'm I'm not sure exactly how that translates to team building here with the, the Timberwolves, but it again I, I'm not sure, but it, it it seems kind of important to me in, in ways. In ways, I mean, it, maybe it's just fair to say the Wolves have the best of both worlds. They got AP and they got Moss, but but I I wonder about it from a marketing sort of standpoint and how that all factors in here. If you like, if you're the Timberwolves business side here, you're about to. You know, you're about to cross a bridge maybe this summer, next season, where Anthony Edwards is clearly your most marketable player and Carl Anthony Towns is 
at the same time, clearly your best player. And and Cat, you know, kind of comes with the D'Angelo Russell package, who, you know, right or wrong, D'Lo is kind of a polarizing player in the fan base, which is, I think, you know, to be clear, so all the you know, D'Lo stands don't come out, attack me. I am pro D'Lo. I see his value. I think he's been pretty awesome since he's been here. He was actually awesome tonight before he got ejected. But I'm just... More than anything, I'm just interested to see how this all comes together because we do kind of have two windows here. I mean, Cat's contract expires when Ant is 22 and Delo's contract expires a year before when Ant is 21. So unless you can get both Cat and Delo to resign and somehow, you know, make the money work around that, you're kind of you are kind of looking at two different windows between you know, Cat's under contract prime time and another window that is Ant's prime, which is, you know, years down the road. I mean, assuming Ant eventually signs his five-year extension, which all, you know, good rookies do, you get that player for nine years, right? We've seen that with Cat. So that means with Ant, there are eight more years that he will likely be under contract in Minnesota. Cat is under contract for three more years. And that's assuming he stays for all three. I mean, I, I'm really excited to see what this group is like next year when Ant is 20. I think, you know, I think it's it's fair to just say it could go in, you know, it could go in a positive direction. It, it could, it, it should be a fun team and maybe even a kind of good team next year. But it, it's just kind of been on my mind lately as, as I, I feel Ant's play has really continued to rise over here or over this last month. And... With that, it feels like he will probably be the leader of this team someday. And again, I'm 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 not sitting here trying to trade Cat. I, I promise I'm not. <laughs> that would be dumb. I'm just fascinated to see how the personalities all work out in this. I mean, pecking order is a real thing, and personalities factor into that. You know, as we learned with Cat and Jimmy back when Jimmy was still on the team. You know, that's a that's a thing. But. It is all to be determined in the future. It's just what's on my mind tonight. We're going to take a quick break here, and then I'm going to get more into what sort of happened in tonight's technical fest and just sort of how Ant kind of weaved his way into all of that. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. There is something interfering with your happiness and preventing you from achieving your goals. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be local available in your area. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like you would during traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants to help you start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com slash more, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. 
Special offer for all you listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash more. Look, no one's perfect. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash more now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash more and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash more now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash more. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. All right, so back to the game. Uh, this one totally spiraled out of control. Again, in the third quarter, it was a it was a tech fest. They got six technicals in the game. D'Angelo Russell got ejected. And in many ways, it was just a mess. Um, but part of me is curious to see whether or not, you know, you know, this would be the, you know, as we're kind of waiting around for Chris Finch to come and talk and the players, when there's a game with a lot of technicals, you're like, oh, is, you know, is Chris Finch going to be heated in his, in his postgame? Um, and he, he was clearly upset, you know, afterwards, but he, he made it clear that they thought the Wolves got an unbalanced whistle. But he also, he also pointed the idea that this team just isn't really established enough right now to, to have earned a whistle. Hey, Chris, with tonight, and then uh, I know D'Angelo is frustrated about the Zion calls a couple games ago. Does this team feel like maybe it's, like, slided by officials in general, or? Hey, listen, like, um, you know, but, you know, until we start winning at a consistent level, like, maybe we won't get some of the whistle that we think we deserve. So we, it's not about that, it, you know, right now. I think, um, you know, we got to just find a way to plow through. How do you go about doing that? Yeah, you just got to stay focused, play harder, play tougher. Um, you know, I thought tonight uh, we did all those things like after that one uh, kind of meltdown. An interesting development that came from D'Angelo Russell getting ejected was was the way that Miami adjusted their defense going forward the rest of the game on Anthony Edwards. I mean, they they kind of be, began treating Ant like he was James Harden. You know, they were throwing double teams at Edwards all the way all the way out on the perimeter. I mean, we've seen We've obviously seen Ant play plenty this season where he is the primary wing scoring option. The whole winter happened. That's <laughs> that was the offense in many ways. But we haven't we haven't seen this Ant be the primary wing option. This was the first night. I mean, Ant's whole surge here over the past month has been with both Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell in the lineup. So this was really the first time he's been playing at a star level this game tonight where he was playing at a star level, but he was playing without the protection of his other stars. I mean, D'Angelo Russell was out of the game permanently once he was ejected, and Cat was having a bad game. I mean, the Heat had Cat control. So they really, Spolstra directed a lot of their attention to Ant, which is really is a sign of respect and respect that you know Edwards has begun to deserve. It was a, it's a smart move by Spolstra to do that. And as we went through in the last pod after that 42-point game, you know, Ant is not, he's not only playing like a high-volume player, but as a high-volume player who's also, you know, starting to be efficient. He's been, as we said, he's been the Wolves kind of Donovan Mitchell this month. 
and the treat that the heat treated him like he was that and and Ant performed through it. It wasn't another 42-point performance for Edwards, but it was another impactful and efficient game that he he still found through the additional defensive attention that he got. I mean, Edwards, again, had 25 points, six boards, and three assists, which are right in line with his numbers um, over the past month, almost exactly his numbers. And he did it on solid efficiency. He, he, his three ball wasn't totally there tonight. He was two of nine from three. But he got to the basket where he was 8 of 10 from inside the arc. Carl Anthony Towns pointed this out in his postgame about the, you know, the attention that Ant got. And, and with that, Cat kind of got up on his soapbox to say that he believes Edwards is playing like, playing like the best rookie in the league right now. And, you know, it was an empty commentary from Cat. I mean, again, Ant's been playing at a higher level. And these comments can actually, you know, be backed up by what has been you know, transpiring in these these ant performances. Carl, does it feel like Ant has turned another corner? Um, maybe recently in these these past few games, Ricky was just kind of talking about that. I said this in day one. We made the right pick. I don't think there's any question we should have been the number one pick in this draft. And like I said earlier, I don't want it to be missed. I don't want it to be looked over. There's a reason why I said he was double teamed. They should double team him. No other rookie has earned that respect in this league. So when you go and you write your stories and your narratives and you write the truth, y'all write, make sure it's the right one. That's, that's what journalism is about, is writing the truth. There ain't no other rookie in this league getting double team. There ain't no other rookie putting up the numbers Anthony Edwards putting up. There ain't no other rookie causing the havoc and mayhem before the game even starts with their scout reports like Anthony is. So I don't, I don't want to hear nothing about no other people who are rookies and shit. That, that, that's false. I don't, don't want to hear that. I don't go by hype. I go by stats. And this man's putting up stats and no one could even come close to touching the snippets. I'll say this, man. It, it, it's back. Cat's right. It's backed up in the numbers since the All-Star break. I mean, we went through them last time. We'll do it again. I mean, it's been 31 games now, not a small sample size. 31 games since the All-Star break. And Ant is averaging 24 points per game, five and a half boards, three assists, 35% from three, 53% from two, 56% true shooting. That is just factually an efficient 24 a night on 19 shots per game. There are not a lot of players in the league who do that. You know, obviously the first half of the season counts too when we're talking about the Rookie of the Year award. And, you know, the the, the first half happened and Edwards, you know, that counts. But Edwards has done everything he could since then to make a case that he's been the best rookie this season. And, and I do want to also point out because you know, those numbers are only, you know, are only one side of the ball. And obviously I've been hard on Ant's defense this year, but I have started to notice some growth in his defensive reads lately. I mean, that basketball IQ or whatever you want to talk about, it's been up. Like I mean, like very recently, it hasn't been that long, but these past few games, it you can kind of see the machinery starting to click for him a little bit more defensively. There was, there was one play tonight that really stood out for me where Edwards was the weak side help. Dragic is driving to the basket, and Edwards slides all the way over, over to the opposite side, right outside of the charge circle, and kind of walls off the rim for Dragic, and it forces Dragic to kick the ball out. I mean, that alone right there is a little thing we've seen Ant miss completely or been late on all season. But it forced Dragic to kick it out, and then the ball swung around the perimeter, and it made its way back to Dragic, on the wing where Edwards 
was rotated onto him, and he closed all the way out, and he got a tough contest on Dragic, and Dragic missed the shot. I mean, those are two things Edwards would not have done in the first half of the season. He, he didn't do them, and those are two things that save points. They saved points tonight, and doing that more and more is going to help this, you know, this team defensively. I, I know these last two games were, they were losses for the Wolves, but personally for me, this is the most I've been encouraged by Edwards you know, all season. I, I see a shift. I, I don't think Edwards is playing like a rookie anymore. The last thing I want to hit on tonight is Jared Vanderbilt. Um, Vanderbilt started tonight. Jade McDaniels, if you missed the game, Jade McDaniels didn't play. He was attending a funeral, so Vanderbilt got the start of the four. And... I want to talk about this because a month ago, I went through the, the whole Wolves bench, if you listen to that episode, and I went player by player on here and, and, you know, and talked about what, those, what each player's role might or might not be next season. And when I got to Vanderbilt, you know, he's, he's one of the only players on the roster who's a free agent um, in the coming season. And, and what I said back then was that I wasn't, I wasn't even sure that I would, I would bring back Vanderbilt if it was even for a couple million. And I want to retract that, you know. Vanderbilt started tonight, and he was again impactful on both sides of the ball, and he's he's making a case that he should be part of this team, you know, going forward. And I know it's I know it's not a high bar on the Timberwolves, but I would say it's fair to say that that Vanderbilt is the second best defender on this team, behind Jaden McDaniels. I mean, you can you can you can feel Vanderbilt's impact on that end just by watching his energy. And it shows up in the numbers, too. Like, since the All-Star break, again, 31 games, the Wolves have a defensive rating of 107.8 with Vanderbilt on the floor. That's far and away the lowest defensive rating, the best on the team. And it's made it so Vanderbilt is the only rotation player on the Wolves, only player on the Wolves roster who's getting rotation minutes to have a positive net rating since the All-Star break. I mean, the, the offense, I mean, the, the offense is lower when Vanderbilt's out there, but... The fact that he has a reasonable, the Wolves defend reasonably when he's on the floor, it makes it so they win in his minutes. And I asked Finch about this before tonight's game. Chris, Jared Vanderbilt um, has been one of your most impactful defensive players. And I think for those of us on the outside, we can see that his energy brings a lot to that defensive impact. But what, what do you feel he does maybe more specifically on defense to be as positively impactful on that end as he is? Um, well, his versatility allows us to get this, you know, a lot of different lineup combinations out there because we can, you know, we can put him on almost anybody. He can really guard one through five at times. Um, he's a multiple effort guy. He just gets his hands on things. Uh, I think it's pretty inspirational and, goes amongst the crowd and gets a rebound, rebounds outside of his area. Uh, it's been a problem, bars rebounding. We're still, you know, still, still not great at it, particularly late in the game. But he uh, you know, probably one of the reasons we're not great at it late in the game is because he's on the bench. You know? That's something I got to look at. But he, he's done a, just a you know, really good job. Uh, I think his, his, his energy drives our defensive commitment. Statistically, I mean, his defensive rating numbers and that sort of thing really stand out compared to the rest of the group. Do you feel that that is a, an accurate representation? And we know that defensive numbers can be a little bit wonky at times, but how do you kind of correlate those things? Yeah, I don't think that's a, 
I don't think there's any distortion there. I think he's he is he's highly impactful. Um, one of the he's been one of the keys to that unit. There's been a lot of reasons that unit's played pretty well. Um, most of them are offensively driven, but he's driving the defense and the rebounding. The one defensive number that that really stands out for Vanderbilt is defensive estimated plus minus. And I know that sounds like a bunch of mumbo jumbo. And if you haven't heard of EPM before, um, you know, whatever <laughs> it, but it, what it is, is it, it's kind of widely regarded as one of the best catch all defensive metrics. All defensive metrics aren't perfect. Um, but I was looking at it this morning and, you know, I was just kind of going through the top 10 list of players who have, who have played over a thousand minutes this year, who rank highly in defensive EPM and Vanderbilt is is on that list and and if you look at the other names on the list too the other guys you know they they meet the eye test so I think it's it's an actually impressive group for Vanderbilt to be a part of and I would say somewhat real Gobert's number one Thibault's number two Caruso's three Jimmy Butler four Ben Simmons five Kent Bazemore six Draymond Green seven Jakob Pertl eight Jared Vanderbilt nine and LeBron James 10. Pretty good company. So I want to say that I was wrong about my previous comments on Vanderbilt. Um, and I want to switch my tune to saying that I believe Vanderbilt should be brought back um, in restricted free agency this summer if the price tag is is reasonable. I mean, I'm, I'm with Finch. I think his defensive versatility that we've seen over this past month has has really elevated Vanderbilt to a different level. I love how his... Primary matchup tonight with McDaniels out of the rotation. His primary matchup was Jimmy Butler. And I love that that makes sense. I, I love that the Wolves have a big body guy who they can put on a wing, and it it makes some sense. All right, that is all I got for you tonight. I'm going to s- skip my little tanking standings update I've been doing at the end of these pods. One, because I, I have not looked them up. Um, and two, because I think we're going to be talking Plenty about tanking uh, over the next few games, being as the Wolves play Orlando on Sunday and Detroit on Tuesday. Um, I'll be back to talk to you on Sunday night after that Orlando game, and then Britt and I will be recording on Monday. Plenty more to kind of squeeze into these last final games of the Wolves season to kind of, you know, put put an end to it all. I will talk to you on Sunday. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. Feeling man, I hope it never stops, yeah Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.